You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. Three principles of stewardship. The first principle is found in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 14. It says, Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the heavens of heavens, the earth and all that is in it. First and foremost, God is the owner. God is the owner of it all. Everything that is on the earth is the Lord. There is nothing that you have, there's nothing that we have that does not belong to the Lord. This, this reminded me of a time, you know, we, when we go out to eat as a family, I, I exercise something that's called the dad tax. Anybody know what the dad tax is? Basically, I pay for it, and if I want some of, of your food, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a bite of your food. And my kids get mad at me, they're like, dad, dad. Stop it. I ordered this. This is my food. And then I go, there is nothing that's on your ta- this table that is yours. You are not paying for anything. Your mom and I are paying for all of this. So if I want a bite of your food, I'm going to eat it. Amen? Drennan's with me. Amen, Drennan? With me? You need to talk to Noah about that. He has trouble with it. But, and then, and then they, and they have the audacity at the house. If I grab something, they're like, Dad, that's mine. Listen. Listen, there is nothing in this house that is yours. Your mom and I pay for it all, and it is not yours. Until you get up, you grow up, you move out of your, your house, you get your own TV, then you can watch what you want on the TV, amen? Then your dad comes over and watches Fox News all the time on your TV that you bought with your own money, amen? I'm the only one? Okay. is we laugh about it many of us have said this to our kids but we act the same way with God when God asks us to do something when God asks us to give you say that's my money I'm not going to give it to the church why do we have that attitude because we think that it's ours guys if we live close fisted with all that God gives us and we refuse to give it to him. And then we are mad when he doesn't give us more. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Because the front row got it, but everybody else did Okay? We live close-fisted. We don't give God anything. And then we're mad when he won't give us more. Why, why do you expect God to give you more when you won't be faithful with what he's called you to do? 1 Corinthians 4, 7, the second principle. For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? The second thing that we have to understand is we are stewards. We are stewards. We are called to steward all that God has given us. Stewardship. The definition of stewardship is careful, carefully and responsibly managing something entrusted to one's care. God has given you blessings and you are called to, to steward those blessings. The children that you have, the children's, the children that you have are a blessing. 
and you were called to steward those kids well. One day they're going to grow up and they're going to leave your house. Praise the Lord. The, the guys say amen. The girls say, oh, don't grow up. Please don't leave my house. Amen. Um, but one day they're going to leave. It is your job to teach them everything they need to know when they leave your house. After you've done that, it's not on you. It's not your problem anymore. Although sometimes those problems come back to live at your house. But it's not your problem anymore. But you have to be better at managing what God has given you. The better you manage what God has given you, the better your reward will be. Stewardship really came alive to me when we, we started deer hunting. You know, we, we have the great blessing of, of having some hunting land out in West Texas, and we hunt for whitetail deer. Uh, now, before all of you get mad at me for killing Bambi, okay, uh, Bambi uh, is, is going to be, if we don't hunt Bambi, it will be overpopulated, and then Bambi will starve because Bambi won't have enough food, okay? What we do is very humane. We kill them very quickly, uh, and they don't starve to death over a long period of time, okay? So don't send me any nasty emails about killing deer. But one thing I've noticed is we, we like to what trophy hunt. Everybody loves to go get, shoot the big buck with the humongous rack so they can put it on their office wall. Amen? Am I the only one? Okay. I know, I know you do. I know Carlos is with me. Amen, Carlos? Carlos got him one. Um, but here's what you have to do in deer hunting. If you shoot the first buck that walks up, it won't turn into a bigger buck. Sometimes you have to let one or two pass by so that they can ma go make more deer so that when they get older, you can pop them then. Because then, <laughs> then the trophy gets bigger. You understand what I'm saying? We have to, you have to steward the population of deer that the Lord has given you. The same is true with your money. God has only given you so much resources. Sometimes those resources go as soon as they hit your bank account. It's like, I get paid and then I'm broke the next day. Amen? <laughs> Excuse me. But we have to steward what the Lord has given us. And oftentimes, we don't do a great job in that. But as Christians, we are called to take what the Lord has given us and do even better with it. Uh, the great... Martin Luther, if you don't know who Martin Luther is, he led the, the Reformation, the 95 Theses that he nailed to the door. He said that Christian shoemakers does his duty not by putting a little cross on the shoes, but by making good shoes. Because God is interested in good craftsmanship. The Lord wants you to do great things, good things with all that he has given you. But stewardship is the act of organizing your life so that God can spend you. Stewardship is the act of organizing your life in such a way that God can spend you. Oftentimes, we overextend ourselves. We buy a whole bunch of things to impress people that we don't like, and it puts us into debt, and all we have to do is work all the time. And if all you, all you have time to do is work to pay off the debt of the stuff that you can't afford, then the Lord cannot use you. The Lord cannot spend you to do what he needs to do. Guys, we are blessed as a church. We have some talented people that give of their time and their talents. And a lot of it is seen in this building. 
A lot of the design, a lot of the work, a lot of the, the process up until now was done by people in the church, donating of their time. The Lord spent them, their resources to build this building. And the great thing is they are going to see, receive a great blessing for that because they've poured out what the Lord has given them. But if we spend so much time buying things that we can't afford, then the Lord can't spend us because we're constantly stressed out. We're constantly worried about bills. Sometimes we need to simplify our lives so that the Lord can spend us. Yeah. You know, I joke all the time that, you know, I wanted to be a rock star, okay? You know, the day I heard that, that Scott Stapp quit, quit Creed, I was ready and available. And I was waiting for a phone call. Uh, I was waiting for Mark Tremonti to call me and say, hey, Todd, I need you to hit the, hit the tour uh, with Creed to be our new front man. I said, well, let's go there. Let's make our escape. <laughs> let's ask, can we stay? Right? Come on. Come on. Right? And I, I keep waiting for that call, but it, it, it never came. But here's the thing. Creed can call me tomorrow to make a comeback tour as their front man. I could have all the money in the world, but you know what? I won't be happy because that's not what the Lord's called me to do. The Lord has called me to be here with you guys. Sometimes we spend so much time chasing dreams that we forget what the Lord has called us to do. Sometimes we spend mo so much time trying to pay those bills that we forget what the Lord has called us to do. Preaching to somebody today. That wasn't in the first service. So Matthew 25, verse 29, the last principle. For to everyone who has will more be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Three, our reward is increased, increased capacity. It's talking about two different people in this verse. It's talking about the servant that's not faithful and he's sent to the place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Where's that? Hell, just, just in case you, you didn't know. The servant that did what the Lord asked him to do, his capacity was increased. And so guys, if you want the Lord to give you more, you have to be faithful in what he has given you. Amen. You know, I, I've seen this over and over and over in the church. You know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a very, I'm a very practical guy. And there was a time in the, in the church where we were kind of behind. It was several years back. Uh, and we were about $12,000 behind in, in money. And so it was Thanksgiving week and I, I went to the Lord in prayer and I'm like, listen, God, we, we got to figure this out. I mean, we're, we're $12,000 behind and, and my prayer is, Lord, make your people give more, right? This, that, that seems like the most logical step. But the Lord came back with an answer. You know what he said? I want you to build a 24-7 food pantry where people can come and take food whenever they need it and people can put food when they, when they have extra and, and everybody can help each other. And I said, Lord, we talked about a money problem. That sounds expensive. And honestly, we didn't have the money to spend. So I did a Giving Tuesday campaign as a test. I said, hey, this is what I want to do. And the giving, 
it, I set it for $1,000 and I raised $2,000. And we, we got the fancy, we, we filled it up. Then I was worried. I was like, how, how, is people gonna, how are people going to know about this food? So then we started promoting it. But once we found, once people knew about it, we could not keep the thing full. Which means what? It's expensive. <laughs> so I went back to the Lord. I said, listen, I did what you asked me to do. We've given all this away, but we still are behind $12,000. He said, don't worry about it, Todd. I'll take care of it. I'm like, could you hurry up? That'd be great, right? One Sunday, when I least expected it, a man came into the church and said, hey, pastor, I've got a check for you today. The Lord told me to tell you about it. It's a very specific amount. I hope it means something to you. It's $12,000. And I said, yeah, it means something to me. Uh, and I'm really glad you're here. <laughs> I've been praying about you for a long time. But see how the Lord did it. The Lord could have done it in several gifts. He did one gift. He said, done. That's how God does it. If we're faithful to do what we ask him to do, often we give more away for him to give us more. And guys, we, we give away a lot as a church. We have, we have the food pantry. We do the food bags at Smith Middle School. We, we feed a lot of teachers. Uh, and, and we give away about $1,200 a month in missions all around the world. Why? Because we can't ask you to give if the church is not willing to give it's, itself, right? And so, ultimately, you cannot expect more if you do not give. You cannot ask God to give you more money if you won't do what he asks you to do. So what are our transformational moments today? Got three questions to encourage you throughout your week. Number one, Terry, do I need to switch to the other one? You can if you want. Okay. Are they? I'll switch. Number one, do you have the right perspective on your money? Whose is it? You know, like my kids at the, at the restaurant, <laughs> when they get upset that I, I take a bite of food off their plate, if the Lord asks something from you, is it okay if he takes it? Because it's his is it? anyway, right? And so if the Lord's asking you to give to the church, all he's asking you to do is give what he's already given you. It's not yours anyway. Number two. Do you steward what you have? How can we expect the Lord to give us more if we're not good with what we have? And the last question I have for you today is will you release generosity? So I've got an illustration for you today. There's four different types of givers and I, I want to talk about the four different types of givers today. And, and I want to, I want to give you an example. Now, don't worry, I'm on a ladder all the time. I know I, I know I don't look like I'm on a ladder all the time, but uh, I have been on a ladder a lot in my life. So there are four different levels or four different types of giving. The first is an emerging giver. Now, this is someone that's not given to the church before. They're not currently giving to the church, but. An emerging giver is someone that takes a step and gives something to the church. Now, here's what I want you to hear. This is on the lowest level. But this is the hardest step. 
Going from giving nothing to giving something is the hardest step. And I think oftentimes we, we, we act like as Christians that we suddenly just arrive. Once we get saved, we have it all figured out. I want to encourage you, money is sometimes the last thing that we figure out. And it's okay. Okay, it's, it's, it's a security thing. I understand. But oftentimes, being an emerging giver, giving something is the hardest level to give. Now, this is somebody that gives something. When the offering plate goes by, they, they drop a $100 bill in it or $20 or, or whatever they have. The next level is consistent. Now, this is a, just a step up from emerging. Consistent is someone that gives something consistently. Whether they give 3%, 5% of their income, $200, $500 a month, $100 a month, but they want to give it consistently. They set in their giving, they go to their church center app and select regular giving and it comes out of their bank account and they don't have to think about it. But then there's the next step. Now notice, you, you Bible people are going to yell at me, okay? You're going to say, but, but tithing is where we're supposed to be. Amen, it is. Not doubting that for a moment. But some of us need some progress. Some of us have to test the Lord along the way. And that's okay. Tithing is the 10%. It's saying, no matter what I get in, I'm going to give 10%. And the last step, I'm short, there we go, is extravagant. Is an extravagant giver. Now, the extravagant giver gives 10%, but they give over and above. When we're building a building, they give to the building. When there's a need, like the food bags, they, they give to that. An extravagant giver, they give the 10%, but they give over and above. But here's what I want you to notice. The emergent giver, this first step, like I said, it's, it's the hardest. Because now you're stepping from the ground where it's nice and secure. Everybody look at the baby. It's okay. She's fine. She's just hungry. Okay. It's all good. All right. Now back to me. Okay. I'm about to get on a ladder and you're worried about a baby. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this first step is the hardest. Because you go from the security of what you know to now you're trusting something to hold you. Then the next step is being a little more consistent. No matter what happens, I'm going to give this amount. The next step is, you know, Lord, I'm going to be faithful and do what you command me to do in your scripture and give 10%. And then the next step is even harder. Not only am I going to give 10%, I'm going to give over and above. You know, guys, I want to tell you, as a preacher, I don't make a ton of money. We're blessed to have what we have. But every time that we've done a building project, we've given over and above. I, I misspoke in the first service. I told the wrong amount. My lady that pays my bills came and told me afterwards that we give $150 over and above, over and above our 10% every month to the building. Now, she wanted me to tell you we have to give $75 the first check and $75 the second check. We don't have that much disposable income that we can just go boom. But we want to give over and above. But notice, 
the higher up you go on the ladder, the greater the blessing, but the more faith is required. Because the higher I go up, I got to trust that Pastor Grant's not going to let the ladder fall. Because then he's going to have to preach the third service, although he's heard it twice, so he's probably got it. But guys, here's where I want to encourage you today. Just take a step. I'm not going to die. Take a step up from where you are. If you've never given before, give something. If you give something every now and then, give something consistently. If you've given consistently, I want to encourage you. Do what the Bible commands of us and tithe. And if you tithe and you're consistent, number one, thank you for that. But I want to ask you, would you consider being extravagant? If you notice, we're in a building project. We, oh, many of us came together on Wednesday. We got to write prayers and pray over our new building. It was such a special time. But guys, the Lord is about to release something great in our church. Don't you want to be a part of it? And the way you can be a part of it right now is through over and above giving to the building. Now listen, hear me. Until you get here, I don't want you giving to the building because you're taking from your tithe. I don't want you to do that. I want you to, I want you to do the steps correctly because I think the steps are important. But once you give here, I want to encourage you, allow the Lord to release that extra blessing into your life. Now hear me today. None of these levels is, are less important than the other. We need all four of these levels to make the church work. But where are you? Because I believe the Lord is asking you to take a step higher this morning. Now, I don't want you to give because I asked you to. I want you to ask the Lord what you need to do. Because ultimately, you will continue to do what God asks you to do. You won't continue to do what I ask you to do. You'll do it one time and then that'll be it. So what is the Lord speaking to you today? So I'm going to have my, my ushers come. They're about to receive our offering. There's three ways to give here at Hope Church. Text to give, 817-369-3702. There's the offering baskets, which these ushers are about to pass. You can do cash or check that way. There's offering envelopes if you want to put your name on there. Uh, everything that you give is a, is a tax deduction. We are in tax season, praise the Lord. So everything you get is a tax deduction. You can also give on the Church Center app. If you, if you want to be a consistent giver... This is a great way to do it. You can set up a reoccurring gift and it'll take it out of your bank account. You don't even have to think about it. And you're like, do I still get the blessing? Absolutely you do. It's still a step of faith. You're still giving your money even though it's automatic. And so I want to encourage you today. What is the Lord saying to you? Let's pray. Jesus, money's hard. We hate hearing about it. We hate talking about it. Lord, if we would have a right perspective, you could truly release your blessing on us. Lord, we are so blessed. The nation that we live in, we have such blessings in our lives. And Lord, I think oftentimes we overlook that. But Lord, I, 
I pray this morning that we would take a step of faith. Wherever we are on this ladder, we would take our generosity to the next level so that you can release your blessing upon us. Lord, I pray that you would just bless this offering, bless those who are about to give, and bless those who have already given. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and worship him. The ushers are going to receive the offering. We'll be here to pray after the offering as well.